Paul Goldsmith, the National Finance Spokesperson, has stepped out of the Epidemic Select Committee to join us now. A very good morning to you. Uh, good morning. How are you? Very, very well, thank you. It'll be an interesting day today. Yes, uh, we've got we've got a bunch of people, uh, you know, just trying to look out a little bit beyond the uh, the short term uh, horizon to think about you know, how how can we as a country uh, come out of this and succeed in the post COVID world that we're living. So um, yes, yeah, some interesting issues being raised. Well, we've got a bit of a head start, haven't we? Because we're not going to linger on as long as some other countries. Yeah, well, I think uh, New Zealand and Australia. Um, mm. It's you know. It's, sparsely populated uh, distant countries have had the, a, a good opportunity to get on that and we've done well as a country and so uh, the, the, the attention now needs to shift to, as to how can we get back to work and, and uh, make a living and restore the economy which is going to be going through a pretty tough time over the next few months. It absolutely will. So what would you do if you were in charge? Well, uh, short term we've just got to get out of uh, this very restrictive lockdown as soon as we can. Um, you know, we, we, we've seen over in Australia they've been a bit more pragmatic and, you know, we've been encouraging the government to move quickly. Uh, but uh, you, you can't be overly cautious because uh, every week that passes where businesses have zero revenue has a real impact. And so we've got to look what we can do safely and get on with it. Uh, then uh, we need to be uh, offering you know, some relief to those uh, businesses most directly affected so uh, that we can reduce the uh, number of business losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, we're worried about some of the banking. Uh, uh, well, you know, the wage subsidy worked pretty well. Yep. Uh, but, uh, you know, hasn't covered all the rent and many other costs that some businesses have struggled with. And uh, so, you know, I think ultimately, if you're going to extend it, you're going to be super cautious, then you need to be a little bit more uh, generous with uh, that support just to reduce the number of uh, joblessness. It's all being masked at the moment because you've got 1.6 million people getting the wage subsidy. Yes. But uh, I don't think people quite appreciate just how serious uh, the, those job losses will be when uh, that wage subsidy ends. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what then, do you make of Deborah Russell's comments that those who are struggling are doing so because they're run poorly? Yeah, well, I, I, look, I think that yeah, you know, reinforces the sense that a lot of people have that uh, a lot of the government members just don't have any kind of sympathy with the realities of uh, business and just how tough it is. Um, you know, some strong businesses, if you have zero revenue for seven weeks or more, uh, that, that can make even strong businesses fall over. Uh, and we, we got a bit of a sense of that also from the Prime Minister who said, oh, look, we're only extending it two working days. Well, yeah. There's not many businesses that, uh, you know, don't work on the weekend, particularly in retail and things like that. And so, uh, look, uh, you know, what we're facing is an unbelievable uh, restriction on activity. And, you know, for good public health reasons, but we need to be agile and and move out of that as quickly as we can and recognise that uh, there's a whole lot of things that have been going on in Australia uh, that we haven't been able to do. And I haven't, you know, we've had Grant Robertson uh, at our committee and he, you know, he doesn't cannot give a straight answer as to why you know, the Aussies managed to be able to have the construction sector going, and we can't. But it was and a gamble, no... wasn't it? I mean, they're taking a gamble in the same way Sweden took a gamble. Which, I mean, you well, can say, you can say yeah. Sweden might have paid off, but they're they're up at fifteen hundred deaths now. 
Yeah, well, but the, you don't have to go that far. Australia has um, you know, had a lockdown. They've just, uh, they've, but they've been a little bit more pragmatic about what can be done uh, in construction and retail, and and the health outcomes have been you know, very dramatically similar. Uh, sure, but uh, is it helpful? Now, we all had to make a decision based on, well, I mean, not we, the leaders of countries had to make decisions based on the best advice from their science and health advisors. The decision was made. Yeah, but... Yeah, the, 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 yeah, absolutely, and there's no point going over the no. original decision and 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 uh, getting agitated about that. But we, but but every day and every week, we have to make a decision again as to how far we extend this and how far we carry on. Right, which is why and, there and, is that fortnightly review, isn't there, on yeah, the state of that, emergency? That, that, that's right, and mm. and so I think it's only natural and right that you look across the Tasman and say, well, actually, uh, the. the what we've seen over the last five weeks is that you can actually do some things and the health outcomes are not uh, too dissimilar. And so the only point I'd make is that, you know, we we should be uh, as agile as we can and look for opportunities to get people back and work as quickly as possible. Okay. And then um, if we're going to be ultra cautious, uh, which the government has decided, well, then you do have to put your hand deeper into your pocket to help uh, to provide more business relief to uh, that relatively small section of the community, which is really taking the pain, because mm-hmm. you know there's lots of you know lots of people who are you know state sector workers or superannuitants or, or you know mm. who haven't ha- had a, a drop in income, and uh, that's fine. But there is a small group, you know, the four or five hundred thousand small business owners who are absolutely getting caned, and that's why you know it is justified to to, to give them some relief to get them through. Should all um, MPs have taken a pay cut? Well, look, look. That's something that um, uh, our, our leader and the prime minister are still talking about, and you know we're happy to uh, do whatever uh, she uh, sees fit. And we still haven't got a, an outcome on that. I mean, I do think it is important that um, that a signal is sent uh, by uh, higher income earners, and, and that the pain is shared. And so, you know, we're open to any proposals there. Yeah, I mean, you know, lots of people were volunteering early on because they saw the damage that was being done. I would have thought that. If you had a nice, comfortable income, you know that was secured by the taxpayer, you weren't worried at all about about money coming in. Um, it yeah, would have been yeah. a good sign to the rest of the country that you understood that they were doing it tough. Yes, and and that, that that's been made, and so the, the the cabinet ministers have obviously made made that tax cut, and the leader of the opposition, uh, and uh, we're, we're still in conversations about whether that extends to MPs. I mean, there's a broader point of public servants generally, uh, um, mm. and you can you can extend it uh, so far, but ultimately, of course, as soon as we come out of the lockdown, the focus will be on not so much on reducing incomes, but trying to stimulate uh, the economy and get get people spending again and get uh, money flowing through the, the system. And, and so that'll be the second phase, I suppose. Once you get through the lockdown, then you need some sort of stimulus. I, I'm a little sceptical of uh, Grant Robertson's suggestions this morning that you know, helicopter money might be the answer. Uh, I think before he starts bundling the cash out of the chopper, uh, I think I think it needs to think carefully about where where it's best to go, and uh, really, you know, and making it easier, encouraging uh, business investment is the most critical thing. So you know, a lot of people will be trying to re-establish and re- uh, reinvest in their business, or deciding whether to do that. And so um, tax relief in that area for short term um, around business investment, I think, is a very important. Place. So rather than having money in the economy for people to spend to stimulate the economy, you would have tax relief for business owners. 
Well, I think you need a bit of both. Uh, um, you know, one to it, certainly you don't want to be doing just handing out $1,000 checks to everybody now because there's nowhere to spend it, uh, particularly. Uh, once you're out of lockdown, there is an argument for putting more money in people's pockets to spend, uh, and there's different ways you can do that. Uh, you know, some sort of tax credit might be, or short-term thing might be a way to do that for, right across the economy. But also, I think you should be... Uh, put, we should be putting um, uh, relief into into business investment so that uh, you know, that businesses will actually put the money in and, and rebuild. I think that in the short term will make a big difference in terms of our uh, joblessness and uh, you know providing jobs and, and providing livelihoods. What about Rod Drury's idea of flogging off New Zealand citizenship to the highest bidder? <laughs> uh, look. Uh, you know, New Zealand's prosperity has been built on uh, foreign investment, uh, people coming in with capital and investing it in the country and doing well. So uh, th- there's a long pedigree of that. Uh, how you design it, we've, got, we've had a scheme for a while now where people coming in with more than $10 million can uh, go through a particular track. Uh, the, the key is that, that they're actually investing in the uh, in the productive sector of the economy. It's not just going into into bank deposits or government bonds, but it's actually going to grow New Zealand businesses. And so I think we should be open to to uh, um, people coming in with capital and helping us grow. Uh, yes, uh, how you design it and, and uh, uh, how it's organised is something that you have to work through carefully. And what about the Governor of the Reserve Bank's um, intention to finance government debt directly? You have concerns about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was a little worried. Uh, uh, people, you know, would have heard about uh, what what's called quantitative quantitative easing, yep. uh, or, or, or printing money, as it were, uh, uh, in order to um, increase money supply and, and reduce interest rates long term, and and it's, it's you know reasonably complicated. Uh, but th- there were some you know comments made by the governor, which is which was suggesting that he would go a, a step further and actually uh, finance government spending directly uh, through the Reserve Bank. Yeah. And um, look, the, the way you worry there is uh, it is quite a big uh, policy decision and you should actually have some very clear um, background to it and arguments for it and rules around it uh, rather than just a, a quick comment. Uh, and secondly, the, the worry is that if, you know, if there's a sense that the Reserve Bank can just create money, uh, the discipline around spending it, uh, you know, the people mm. think of Shane Jones and Phil Twyford getting hold of that sort of cash uh, and that they can just, it can just be magicked up, uh, then uh, the worry is that the, the, the discipline around spending might not follow. So uh, you know, I think we've just got to be cautious in that area. Um, not saying that, you, you know, that it's absolutely a no-go, but, but you should be cautious and, and really carefully explain what the framework would be and how the boundaries would work. Given that the young will probably be the ones who are hit most harshly by by the fallout from the um, reaction to COVID-19, do you think the eligibility age for New Zealand super should be raised or means testing should be introduced as recommended by the ANZ's quarterly economic outlook? Yeah, look, uh, I... I don't think so. Uh, I mean, National is the one party that uh, you know, indicated that we think the age should go up in about 18 years' time. We mm-hmm. signal that way out um, that um, people will be living longer, healthier lives. Therefore, you know, we'll be able to lift that age, but you know, quite some time off. I think the thing to reassure New Zealand is, is that you know, during the, the global financial crisis and the Christchurch earthquakes, we borrowed about 50 billion dollars over uh, four or five years. The previous National government. 
And we didn't have to massively put up taxes and, and you know, means test super and do a whole bunch of things. Uh, we actually got on top of that debt relatively quickly with good, solid economic management, growing economy, not wasting money and uh, doing, doing the basics well. And there's no reason why we can't do that again. I don't think we have to sort of throw out the, the, the rule books and massively come up with capital gains taxes and new taxes and, and change the superannuation system. If, if, if we can manage it properly, uh, we can manage with the basic settings that we have now. So just finally, would you have businesses back to work under Level 3 if you had your say? I think we should be looking for every opportunity to get more businesses back to uh, to work. Uh, and you don't think the government is doing that? I think, look, on balance, I think they're being overly cautious uh, if you look across to the comparison with Australia. They haven't mounted a very strong argument as to why uh, the Aussies can manage these things and we can't. Surely that's the time for later to do that analysis. Yeah, yeah no, but the, the, the one area of uncertainty is around the, um, the quality of our testing and tracing. The Australians are doing a good job there. And, you know, I think it is a fair criticism uh, to make of the government that they were, um, uh, uh, they talk about being uh, hard and early, but that, that they weren't very um, hard and early on the border. Um, you know, even a week after the, the the lockdown, people were still coming in from overseas, uh, not being tested, going home, and the police were supposed to check up on them, but they weren't. And, and so, uh, and then the whole tracing system has been quite slow to develop. So um, that, that is part of the reason why we've been a bit slower uh, out of lockdown than we might have been. Uh, so there needs to be a real focus on that and, you know, and, and an agility and a willingness to look for every opportunity for activity to start as quickly as it safely can. Thank you very much for your time. Let's get back to the committee. Hopefully you All haven't right, missed anything so too, too important. Paul Goldsmith, National's Finance Spokesperson.